0: Hello, welcome to The Briefing. Tom Tilly with you. It is Wednesday the 10th of June. Today on the show, big Tiger King news. Saf, the zoo worker who lost an arm, responds to the news that Carol Baskin has been awarded Joe Exotic Zoo.
1: Yeah, no, that's got to be just complete devastation on top of the already pretty tragic, you know, uh, situation that is Joe's. uh, I know that that's definitely a heavy blow for him.
0: That interview in just a moment. Jamila Rizvi's here. Glued to all manner of Tiger King news, right?
2: Yeah, I put a Google alert on actually to make sure <laughs> I never miss any of it. And during my sad losery isolation time, I actually adopted some sourdough starter, which we named Carol Bredkin. <laughs> she hasn't That's been ridiculous. good to us.
0: Really? Good nah, bread? She's not
2: good at cinnamon buns. Still alive? We didn't have a funeral, but she she has left us. <laughs> all
0: right, let's get into the big news of the day.
2: Let's start with some good coronavirus news. That's right, good coronavirus news. There have been zero locally spread cases in Australia in the last 24 hours. Well done.
0: Yeah, so there were two cases yesterday, both overseas travellers returning to New South Wales who are now in hotel quarantine.
2: Of course, the big question mark now is last weekend's Black Lives Matter protests. The nature of the coronavirus means it will take about a fortnight to see whether the virus was spread at any of the rallies. And how extensively?
0: Yeah, some of those who went to the rally were politicians who will be going to federal parliament today, even though Josh Frydenberg, the Treasurer, is urging them to stay away. Well, the politicians should be leading by example. And the medical advice was clear. Don't go and join tens of thousands of people and demonstrate. Find another way to voice your concerns.
2: Some rare positive news on the jobs front as well. The Treasury now expects the unemployment rate will peak at 8%, rather than the earlier predicted 10% which means 500,000 fewer Aussies out of
0: work. Yeah, so it's it's just 2% on the unemployment rate, but that's an enormous amount of jobs, 500,000. And I kind of feel like our expectations were set so low, like our society on so many levels, and particularly our economy, was set to get smashed so hard by the coronavirus. Now we're just getting all these juicy little bits of good news, like like that is really good, um, the $60 billion that they They found they didn't have to spend because of the JobKeeper bungle. Um, It just
2: appeared behind the couch. That was good news. Yeah,
0: exactly. So it's, it's kind of nice to have all these little moments.
2: I feel like we went into this crisis full of fear and we've weathered it well, but I wonder if there will be a point where Australians feel like the predictions from government and institutions were just way off base.
0: Right, and they lose faith completely.
2: Yeah some more shifting expectations on the coronavirus front. There will be some admittedly smaller crowds allowed back to watch the footy this weekend.
0: Yeah, 2,000 spectators will cheer on the Crows and Port Power on Saturday. Um, It's a huge milestone for Port Adelaide CEO Keith Thomas.
3: It's going to be a, a ticket of significance, I, I think, uh, as we look back on this year and, uh, and this game.
2: Not to be outdone by one of the smaller states, New South Wales Deputy Premier John Barilaro is saying he wants 40,000 fans into NRL games within the
0: fortnight. Yeah, at this stage, though, it's just the, the sponsors and the corporate areas for tomorrow night's clash between Manly and Brisbane in Sydney. But it's the diehard fans who'll be back in the stands for the AFL at the Adelaide Oval for the showdown.
2: The ones eating the hot chips rather than the canapes. <laughs> this will be the first time since March 15 that footy fans have been able to see a game live. And while there won't be as many fans, Crow's CEO Andrew Fagan reckons those 2,000 people will be just as
0: loud. I'm sure they'll make, they'll make plenty of noise and probably try a little bit harder than maybe they even usually do. And uh, look, it'll, it'll add to the event. I'm sure the players will appreciate it. Yeah, and there'll also be strict social distancing and hygiene protocols. Um, with fans spread out around the ground and the South Australian Police Commissioner, Grant Stevens admits they'll have to keep a very close eye on the stands. We'll apply
3: a policing um, approach that is consistent with the nature of the event. Um, We know that the Adelaide Oval have a very strict protocol in place to ensure that people can move into the venue in small gatherings and, and exit in the same way.
2: It's a major step towards recapturing normal life and other states are expected to follow suit. Queensland is tipped to let small crowds back into both NRL and AFL games as soon as the weekend.
0: Yeah, so there's a lot of pressure building to get back to normal, um, and I guess sporting crowds are the, the the focus right here. But it seems that the protests over the weekend have completely changed the game. You've got um, people running wedding venues in New South Wales coming out and saying that we're not going to stick by the laws anymore because all of those protesters hit the streets. And now I think you're seeing a much greater push amongst the sporting community to get fans back into stands for that reason, too.
2: Yeah, there's that real sense of, well, if they get to what about me and what counts as the most important thing, what gets to go back first, what gets to open up first. But I found even myself, I'm relaxing more when I'm in public than I was four
0: weeks ago. Well, that's good to hear.
2: America's top lawman, US Attorney General Bill Barr, has added his voice to the chorus, calling for Prince Andrew to answer questions about his former friend, Jeffrey Epstein, who died in jail awaiting trial on sex trafficking
1: charges. I don't think it's a question of handing him over. I think it's just a question of uh, having him provide some
0: evidence. But beyond that, I'm not going to comment. So extradition? No. Just asking for evidence. So that's the US Attorney General there. His comments came after reports this week that US police had lodged a formal request with the UK government asking them to help arrange an interview with the Queen's second son.
2: But a statement from the Prince says, I'm not going to try and put on a royal voice, the Duke of York says he's offered assistance on at least three occasions and it's labelled this recent request for cooperation as an attempted publicity stunt.
0: Yeah, so it's become a war of words across the Atlantic. The prosecutor investing the case has said that Prince Andrew has sought to falsely portray himself to the public as eager and willing to cooperate, even though he hasn't given an interview has repeatedly declined our request to schedule one and said that he would not come in for one four months ago.
2: So clearly a massive breakdown of communication, but it appears Prince Andrew will be giving evidence soon. They just need to pick a date and get a room.
0: Yeah, get on with it. It will be interesting to see what evidence he gives and what the outcome of that will be.
2: I just think back to that train wreck of a BBC interview every time this story comes up, and I, I don't think I've ever seen more compelling or... Distressing viewing in my entire life.
0: Yeah, and this has been such a mess for Prince Andrew. You think he would just want to get this done? Yeah, you know? get it
2: over and done with. Get and his I evidence. Know, does the rest of the royal family want to get this out of the way?
0: You'd imagine so. A week after revelations that Microsoft would be replacing human journalists with artificial intelligence, guess what? There's already been a massive stuff-up.
2: One of the robots posted a story on MSN about a member of Little Mix's thoughts on racism. However, it attached a photo of the wrong band member. Instead of using an image of Jade Thirlwall, a picture of Leanne Pinnock was posted.
0: And now Jade's hit out at the company on Instagram saying, at MSN, if you're going to copy and paste articles from other accurate media outlets you might want to make sure you're using an image of the correct mixed-race member of the group. Good honor.
2: And Jade didn't stop there, writing, This shit happens to Leanne, Pinock and I all the time. It's become a running joke. It offends me that you couldn't differentiate the two women of colour out of four members of a group. Do better.
0: Yeah, and Microsoft has since corrected the article, and it's believed to have asked human staff to keep an eye on what's published by artificial intelligence. Uh, workers, ironically, are also having to moderate and delete comments slamming the company for the mistake made by the robot. So that's not really working out too well, that strategy, is it? Replacing journalists with robots? Um, it's a bit of a sore point at the moment. Just yesterday, the ABC announced a um, a further 200 plus jobs will be going and that comes off the back of the the News Corp announcements of jobs going there.
2: Mm. Every movie I have ever seen where robots replaced humans did not end well (laughs) and this is one example of that. But it's true, across the board in the media we're seeing some really scary job cuts happening already and if you add on top of that this idea that robots can do the gig,
0: it doesn't look good. Some of the tech companies are, I guess, doing some of the the tasks and the roles that the journalists did. You've got, you know, services like Apple News, one of the major places people go to get a a range of different news sources. And so that's provided some jobs for people who might have worked for media companies, but those tech companies are also going to be the quickest companies to move towards artificial intelligence as well. So there's not much hope of jobs there replacing the jobs that have been lost in the media sector.
2: Yeah, as a fellow woman of colour, although not a particularly good singer, we (laughs) do look different, folks.
0: (laughs) All right, thank you so much, Jamila. In just a moment, all the news on Tiger King, we're gonna speak to Saf, uh, who is one of the fan favorites on the show. He is the zookeeper that lost his arm. All right, it's time to talk to Saf, one of the most loved people in the Tiger King Netflix series. And Annika, I guess at this point, if you haven't watched Tiger King, you should pause this podcast go and watch it and come back because you don't want to miss this interview
3: Yeah, so big news for fans of the series last week, with a U.S. court awarding Joe Exotic's nemesis, Carol Baskin, ownership of the Oklahoma Zoo that he set up. Carol
1: Baskin will soon take control of the zoo formerly operated by Joe Exotic. An Oklahoma judge ruling in favor of Baskin. Giving Baskin control of the 16-acre animal park. Joe Exotic remains in prison right now for his attempt to hire a hitman to kill Carol Baskin.
2: It wasn't worth us defending this property because we just, we didn't want it.
0: Yeah, massive news. So for the handful of you who haven't watched the Netflix series, Joe Exotic is the key focus of the documentary. He's the controversial former Tiger Zoo operator who's serving a 22-year jail sentence for attempting to order a hit on Carol Baskin.
3: Look, they had a really bitter rivalry. She also ran a Tiger Zoo, but claimed it was for animal welfare rather than entertainment. Last week's decision is a big win for her. She will take over ownership of the zoo that Joe set up, a zoo which more recently was owned by Jeff Lowe, who was Joe's former business partner and another character in this crazy series.
0: So let's find out how Saf is responding to the news. Kelsey Safari, or Saf, is the former zoo worker who got his arm amputated after being attacked by a tiger, but somehow stayed loyal to the zoo.
1: Got an employee that was attacked by a tiger and he's hurt bad the arm is completely gone we do not have time to wait you all right with with ladies and gentlemen before you hear it on the news i'm going to tell you myself about an hour ago we had an incident where one of the employees stuck their arm through the cage and the tiger tore her arm off i've seen how much they blew it up into this horror story that i felt like the best thing to do was get right back to work I was back on the park in five days after my amputation. It was a total of seven days in the hospital.
0: Okay, that was Saf speaking in the Netflix doco series. Uh, he joins us now on the phone from California.
1: Hello, hello. I am a super fan of Australia myself. I absolutely love the country in general.
0: So, oh, And right. of
1: course, Steve Irwin. Uh, Very big,
0: very (laughs) big in my eyes. Of course. Amazing.
3: Obviously, there's been some recent developments with Carol Baskin taking over the zoo. Now, there's a lot of controversy in the series about whether or not Carol is an animal rights activist or whether, you know, she's no better than Joe Exotic. How do you feel about this latest development?
1: Uh, Well, the latest development, um, I kind of somewhat expected, um, just personally, because, you know, she did, she won the lawsuit and, and we. In, in money you know amounts would have never covered it monetarily. So assets is all we had, um, all Joe had to give her. So I really honestly expected this, and of course you know now the world knows. So
0: what do you think it means for the animals still in the zoo, Saf?
1: Yeah, so um, I don't I don't know. I would hope that you know Jeff, who is the current owner um, right now, and he's the one who's going to be taking the animals. And um, I would hope that he has plans for them, you know. I just, I honestly don't know. In 2018 when I left, I haven't, you know, haven't heard or spoke to anyone from the park, so.
0: Do you trust that Jeff Lowe, um will look after those animals?
1: You know, I'm not, I'm not saying that that will be his number one priority, but I do know that at the core of it all, I know he's not going to just let an animal die. He's not going to just um, leave them there to fend for themselves. From a human, humanity standpoint, I would just hope that he would do what's best for them, even if it means giving them up himself, you know.
3: We saw that Joe put out a statement responding to the news saying that it's another blow. Obviously, a lot of the series is set around this rivalry and a lot of anger between Carol Baskin and Joe. What do you think would be going through Joe's head at the moment, knowing that the zoo he built up Ah. is now being taken over by a rival?
1: Yeah, no, that's got to be just complete devastation. On top of the already pretty tragic you know uh situation that is joe's uh, i know that that's definitely a heavy blow for him you know he is not just watching his life's work you know his brother's memory kind of being picked apart and you know and um and used as entertainment but he's also watching you know people that he's rivaled with people that he you know had this this Lifestyle of just it's it wasn't a positive you know relationship with and um and they are now in possession of his life's work so I can only imagine that being a devastating thing for
0: him. Do you really feel for Joe after all the different experiences you you went through with him?
1: Yeah, you know he's never done me wrong as a person. He's made his mistakes, that's for sure. But so have I, you know, and that's just the way that I look at it. Do I feel empathy for him? Absolutely. I'm I'm only human, and so is he. I do also believe fully 100% um, in the justice system. And uh, I just stand behind whatever that says.
3: Obviously, we've seen throughout the series that uh, although Joe did love the animals, the way he treated them obviously wasn't up to scratch a lot of the time. As somebody that mm-hmm. is passionate about animals as, as you are, how do you, do you feel seeing that, knowing that animals weren't always treated as well as they could have been? You know,
1: um, it's, it's a hard line or a hard, you know, kind of answer to give on that one because every animal that I have personally cared for I know has been taken care of very well in fact I've given my all to just doing that they're saying he didn't treat them well he didn't provide the right care I know that as handlers and as as caretakers we definitely did the best we could with what resources we had his you know demise was that he kind of never had enough of that it was always a uh, quantity over quality thing with Joe. you know, And I think that was the worst part about what he did to those animals.
0: Joe's team put out a statement last week in response to the news that Carol Baskin was taking over the zoo. Um, as we mentioned before, they talked mm-hmm. about his emotional reaction, um, but they also said they're refusing to accept defeat and that his legal team are filing appeals and that his social media team are rallying public support. So who is actually on his team now? And do you think they have any good reason to be holding out any hope here? I mean,
1: I don't know who you know this this social media legal team is comprised of anymore. Because um, I'm sure it's not the same people he had when he was on Park, and that's only because you know it was funded by the Park. It wasn't funded by Joe himself. So for Joe and and his supporters, it's never over. Joe never gave up. I don't know that man to to ever give up. So if he even once in any of his conversations with any of his supporters has said, you know, I'll, I'll fight this thing to the end, then that's what they would do. And that's the type of supporters Joe has. They're the same type of people as him. They have the same mentality. They don't give up whatever it takes. And that's one thing Joe definitely had was determination.
3: Now Saf, not everybody came out of the documentary series well, but your passion for the animals really was on display. So much so, of course, that when you're actually attacked by a tiger and you had the option for two years of reconstructive surgeries or amputation, and you decided to amputate and get back to the tigers. Can you just explain to people that I guess aren't passionate about tigers, how strong that pull is for people that are passionate about these animals? What is the attraction?
1: If you can imagine being able to live your dream, something that you have thought on, you know, years over years over years as a child, as an adult, and then to be able to implement that into your life, you know, to live that dream out. I mean, nothing else matters. Less of a pull and more of just it consumes you, you know, you just end up drowning in it because your life is awesome exactly the way it is and you know these other <laughs> details of it these other factors that play into it they don't matter and that's exactly how it was for me um yeah it was a pretty it was a pretty big um more severe you know uh issue a medical issue but it didn't matter I wanted to get back to doing what I loved every second of the day And on top of that, you know, there's no denying that the longer I stayed in that hospital, the bigger of a story this was going to become, you know, the bigger of an attack, the bigger of a serious situation it was going to be if I stayed in that hospital any longer. Um, So again, that was at the forefront of my mind. I needed to get back to park so I can speak up for myself, you know. It happened on the 5th of October, and on the 12th of October, I was back on park with those same tigers doing the same things every day.
0: So Seth, given part of your motivation for getting back to the park was wanting to see the park do well, how do you feel now that Mm -hmm. years later, the park has ended up going to Baskin?
1: It is, you know, pretty devastating for me to just, not just that it went down the way it went down, you know, and and whatnot, um, or not just the outcome. Really just the fact that, you know, everything that we worked so hard for, and and I only worked for almost 10 years, Joe works on this since 1997. You know, this is his life's work, so it's pretty devastating to watch all of that just kind of go through this process, and then at the end of the day, Carol's not going to want property in Oklahoma, so it's probably just going to be empty for years.
0: Do you think she'll just sell it? what
1: once used to be a thriving zoo is just going to be a desolate place that used to be Joe Exotic Zoo. And that's sad to me because it was a memorial park. You know, the reasoning behind why Joe built it would be just that, and just a, just an old memory, you know, and that's sad.
3: And when people do come up to you in the street, what's their view on Joe Exotic or Carol Baskin? Obviously, you're getting a lot of support, but where do you think the, you know, general population sit on this?
1: It seems to be, um, it's, it's at least here in California where I'm at, it seems to be leaning more towards, you know, Carol definitely did it, and that seems to be the main thing that people want to push out as far as their views on the two. And and like I said, from just a empathy standpoint, I think everyone kind of feels the same way on Joe. Um, but of course, there are the others who feel he got exactly what he deserved. You know, so
0: okay, that's an interesting <laughs> point there, Saf, because that was the other big news from last week. You had the the Florida sheriff in charge of the investigation into the death right. or the disappearance of Don Lewis, Carol Baskin's right. ex-partner. The sheriff said that the investigators or had found that Don Lewis's will was forged. What was your reaction to that news?
1: Oh Man, you know, I never really dug into any of this. Um, but when asked, I always say, you know, she is the only one who benefited from his disappearance. So there was no shock, honestly. There was no shock factor when it came to documents being forged or, you know, phony this or phony that, because it, I mean, it's pretty poor for the course when it comes to that entire situation. You know, everything was fishy from the get-go.
0: Saf, it's obviously been a massive year for you personally with the release of the documentary, but like the rest of us, you've been going through the the pandemic and the coronavirus lockdown, and you're also in America as these Black Lives Matter protests kick off in response to George Floyd's killing. What's been your reaction to what's happening in America right now?
1: Yeah, um, it's oh, it's tragic, you know, to see the country so easily torn apart. Um, but also, more so than that, you you also get to see firsthand, you know, witness in your life the country come together. Um, yes, the coronavirus, the COVID nineteen, um, hit the entire world pretty hard. Here in America, I see nothing but communities pulling together. States working together, these these politicians stepping up to do what's right for, you know, their state and their communities within that state. I mean, it's amazing. So, yeah. And then, of course, with the Black Lives Matter, I mean, this this is, an, again, another perfect example of how great a country America can be. And as a military man, um, as a father and as a husband, it's, it's very nice to see. So, yeah, just try my best to navigate it, you know, with a clear head and, a, and an open heart.
0: Wow, that's amazing considering what you've been through in your life, Saf, and um, to hear you responding like that, I think, is is the reason a lot of people really connected with you in the documentary series, Tiger King. Thank you so much for taking time to speak to us here in Australia.
1: It's been a pleasure. Thank you guys very much for having me.
0: And that was Saf, the former zoo staff member, speaking to us. What, that was that was a wild interview, wasn't it, Annika?
3: Yeah, during the th- series, I really thought Saf came across as one of the better characters uh, in the documentary and showed why they're, you know, just that loyalty and passion for the tigers, um, you know, I guess something has to get you through working in such a crazy environment.
0: Yeah, and not sort of throwing his former co-workers under the bus, kind of never projecting his own hurt or problems, you know, including from the amputation on to other people and their actions, kind of owning that and staying incredibly optimistic.
3: Incredibly gracious too. Maybe we need to spin off the series with just Saf and some tigers, I think.
0: All right, that's it for today. Tomorrow on The Briefing, the broken relationship between police and the Aboriginal community. We're going to speak to a female Indigenous police officer who works at WA's first Indigenous run police station. That's the briefing tomorrow. Look forward to speaking to you then. A podcast one production.